Carrie gets hacked and ends up with her shirt off. It was a crazy episode, and we're ready to dive in for Homeland next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That's right. <laughs> we have the intro back. The intro is back. I love it. I love it. Let's wait for it. Hold on. There it is. <laughs> you want the trumpet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to After Buzz, everybody. We are talking Homeland Season 7, Episode 2, called Rebel Rebel. Rebel. And um, we got the theme back this episode. We do. I forgot, but it was very um, well pointed out that every episode, every season of Homeland typically begins with the first episode. No theme, but we got it back this um, this time, I was happy to see it. And now we're in full throttle. We're in full throttle. I always love and look forward to seeing um, the different cuts that they're going to make to the theme every I'm season. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's very telling as to what can we expect. Um, my boy Quinn, we saw him. We, <laughs> we even get him. some of it. We didn't see him at all um, in the last episode, but he's there in pieces and in spirit in the Homeland theme. And one of the things um, I also noticed was that um, they... They a lot of the quotes that we hear um, overlying are talking about her illness. So I feel like that in the intro, yeah, in the yeah, intro, yeah. So that's going to be like a big theme. Yeah, I guess throughout the season is really like Carrie under the microscope and really examining her mental state. I mean, it's always what's there. new, right? <laughs> it's always there, but I mean, this was the first episode we saw her with a psychiatrist. So I feel like it's going to be maybe especially in the forefront in these next following episodes. I agree. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so before we get fully into the episode, I just get excited because Homeland's so good. Um, <laughs> my name's Leslie. You can catch me at Leslita Face. And Roger? And my name's Roger Corral. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral. And you can find me on Instagram if you type in Beef Supreme. <laughs> That's right. Or a taco. Or a taco. You'll That's find something. That's my running joke now. I want to always <laughs> say that. Um, but so, yeah, what did you think about this episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I, it, it felt, overall, it feels like we're back in Homeland. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I like the direction it's going in terms of, uh, I feel like eventually we're going to have to face a question of what is domestic terrorism. And I don't know if we'll... With O'Keefe. I mean, that's where the episode started. I don't know if we'll like the answer. One of the things that I really enjoyed this episode, it was different, but it was also super frustrating because we're so used to seeing... Carrie just be like, you know, obviously sometimes she makes impulsive decisions. Well, not sometimes, a lot of the times. But I just felt like in the very beginning of this episode, I was like, Carrie, you're dumb. Like, she lands herself in a pretty crazy situation in this episode. And it was a very sort of amateurish mistake that lands her there. Okay, so this episode, we see the introduction of social media. And in particular, it felt like the introduction of... The, I mean, we've the, seen social media before. No, no, but we've never seen it used... I mean... It, we've never it, seen it, Carrie go into 4chan, you're right. Yes, it's trying to parallel with what happened in this past election in real life. And, you know, you have people on social media, on Facebook, on 4chan, on Reddit. And, you know, there's a lot of older people that don't even know what 4chan is. I don't think uh, a lot of people... I don't think, like the majority of people go to 4chan. I feel like that really is a very specific niche group of people. It's a scary group of people because honestly, I think these are people that try to get engaged in politics. For, and they for, try- for people who don't know for, what 4chan is, it's sort of like a 
It's a, a forum. It's a forum for <laughs> weirdos. Extremist views. <laughs> no, it's not so much extremists. I think it's Can just we like just a, say weirdos or hackers. No, or? I, I think I think just like any place, eventually it gets overtaken by certain entities. By trolls. Yeah, and I think professional trolls. I think 4chan eventually became the victim of that, and I think since Carrie's out of the CIA. You know, she's trying to find a way to investigate. So she uses fortune. It was so bizarre. So I wanted to say that I feel like this episode made me feel like for the first time, Carrie really is on the out. Like I know she's using <laughs> yeah because okay so she's she's in the CIA right and she does stuff and then she's out of the CIA but even when she was out in past seasons you know it's them usually saying oh can you help us still or it's some outside organization saying can you get involved in something or it's the president um, elect asking her for help somehow she gets pulled back but nobody's asking her for anything she's literally. Completely she's on the out on, on her own mission, and by the time in this episode she realizes she doesn't have anything to do with that, I think she somehow lands in this. I think that's why this episode felt a little a situation. Yeah, I think that's that's why this episode felt a little off for me because at the end, you know, this episode was about her using 4chan trying to investigate something. Eventually, she goes through this whole ordeal with the online hacker, but then. What's the result? Like she, she was able not to get hacked and not to be blackmailed. But There's then where do, we, where do we? I go feel like from all here? she did was create. Um, she created a troublesome scenario for her, and it'll eventually come back and bite her. You think this is going to sure, come back and bite her? Of course. Um, but let's kind of start from the beginning to you know sort of explain what happened. So um, essentially, the episode begins with. Um, uh, okay, so it starts with O'Keefe, and she finally decides to agree to release the 200 so um, federal employees that were detained, right? Her yeah. chief of staff, Wellington, gets really hard on her, which I kind of liked. And he was like, hey, listen, you can't just keep holding them. And now that, you know, the general just died in the last episode, there's suspicion on her. O'Keefe is on the radio talking about how this is very suspicious. Her chief of staff used to live on his street. And so the White House just looks really bad right now. So he was like, you have to do this as a sign of good faith and we need to bring Saul on board. Yes. <laughs> and so then, you know, he goes and talks to Saul and he gets him on board. And so um, they make the whole press announcement about, okay, he's going to be the new chief uh, advisor the of NSA. security. The NSA, yeah. Um, and Carrie sees this on TV and she's just like, I feel like she doesn't want to... It, like accepted at first she was like well I don't believe it until I see it or it's still bad but essentially she lost her mission like the whole thing that she was like I have to stop this I have to get these people out it kind of sort of but I don't get this mentality fizzles on her. it fizzles the, on its own so she's kind of like lost the mission worked right well no no not her mission I mean the, the problem, mission is that they get out right the and problem they're out. got solved but not because of anything she did Okay. So she was sort of left with like her bags full. Yeah, I I, 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 I feel like she was being a little selfish. At the end of the day, she worked for the CIA. You worked for the what's best for the country, and in the end, you know the whole go- the government felt that it was the best move to proceed forward with getting rid of all two hundred detained federal employees. No, we get that, but the whole point but is it was it left- she should be happy. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, but I think you even mentioned this last episode. Now I feel like maybe she did get bored, and now she. Is trying to figure out what to do next. So she resorts to continue to spy on the chief of staff's apartment. She finds a woman in the apartment 
And that's sort of what leads her down the rabbit hole of trouble, which she was like, for all we know, this could have been a friend, a girlfriend. She immediately goes into suspicious mode and she's like, I have to find out who this woman is in Wellington. Yeah, I mean, she's going to have the itch. And and anything that she notices in that apartment... um, She's gonna investigate. That's what she she wants to be in the CIA. I I kind. But does she need to invest? Like no, she doesn't need honestly, to do anything. I felt like that was almost unnecessary. Like you said, you know, everything's Carrie's done. What she wanted got happened. Everything and- that Carrie's done since she left the CIA, it's unnecessary. At the end of the day, she has the itch. She's gonna try and investigate. I I don't think she knows how to use her talents. I don't think she knows where to apply her skill set, and so. She's trying. She's doing her own investigative work at home. She's going to have the itch. She wants to go out there and do something. And if she sees someone suspicious, even even if she if it's not suspicious, if she sees someone there, she wants to know who it is. She she's going to work for lack of a better word. I think it just feels like it feels frustrating cuz I love Carrie as a character. I think she's fascinating and I feel like she really does have strong convention- convictions, and right now she did seem lost. It feels like she's still observing and spying just for the sake of it, yeah. um, even though she doesn't really have a real purpose. Um, I, I think go- her. I think her being lost makes us lost. <laughs> like we're both like, man, where, where, what is Carrie doing? <laughs> um, so in the beginning of the episode, she met with a, a psychiatrist or a therapist. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've seen that before, right? Ah. Uh. Maybe not. I don't remember that psychiatrist. I feel like, I mean, she was in a mental health facility before. Yeah. Not by her own choosing. Um, remember, Saul put her there. But <laughs> actually, like, you know, talking one-on-one, it felt very almost like, you know, um, Tony Soprano or, you know, when Mr. Robot yeah, was yeah. a therapist. Like, it was kind of cool seeing her in that setting. I don't know if it's cool. I, I feel like I feel like Carrie doesn't need that. And obviously, I mean, you said Saul put her there. Her sister put her there now. Uh, uh, Carrie doesn't need this. I think when Carrie needs it, she'll go to it. I don't I don't think this is needed for her. I mean, what is it about her that's so crazy right now? Nothing's crazy about her. Like she she just wants to entertain herself just like any other hobbyist wants to entertain themselves with whatever hobby they have. I think the sisters being harsh on her on Carrie. I think most people are usually hard on Carrie. Just let her she enjoys investigating. Just let her. I completely disagree with you. <laughs> I feel like all of her actions have shown. That I hear she that a lot. Does need this, and I again, I do agree that sometimes her sister is hard on her, but I do feel like Carrie right now is directionless and doesn't know what to do with her. That doesn't mean she needs a psychiatrist. She definitely needs one. And I thought it was so interesting that the psychiatrist um, asked her about like her medications. She said she's been on lithium for years. Her sisters prescribed it to her, which I didn't know. I, I'm not I told sure you this. Yeah. if we really knew this before. We knew that her sister was getting her the medications, but she said prescribed them to her, yeah, which true. I think is interesting. And then she brought up the fact that apparently lithium, after a certain amount of years, just stopped working which i mean does that mean that <laughs> we've been seeing crazy carrie we've been seeing crazy carrie i mean it's... and i don't want to say crazy that's that's a bit insulting like i don't know what the proper term is but maybe unstable carrie i don't know what the proper word is for someone that doesn't have their medication i, I feel like this episode epitomized that carrie is is not unstable and not just regular like you know 
out on a lead, Carrie, like, I do feel like she's unstable. Also, now. you think she's unstable. Yes. And I think this episode highlighted that. I don't think that's fair. Because she's investigating something that makes her unstable? This woman is a trained CIA agent. Yeah. And she ended up following, like, falling for, like, a download virus that ended up being ransomware. Like, how dumb was that? I don't want to, again, like, mix every- it in with our usual politics. But that happens. No, love you. No, yeah. (laughs) People get hacked all the time. Like, uh, government officials. It happened in this last election. A trained CIA CIA agents, FBI agents, federal government employees. You'd be surprised how easy it is to hack someone sometimes. And I feel like you're putting too much stock in her falling for this. At the end of the day... It was a mistake. Again, she doesn't know where to go. She doesn't have her contacts. I, I, She can't go to the president. She can't go to Saul. She can't go to anyone. So, yeah, she resorted to 4chan, which, by the way, a lot... Anytime there's a, a major event, if you go to 4chan or Reddit, you'd be surprised the updates that you get just on that place. People do their due diligence in that place. And, again, it's not always correct, but it's not so far-fetched that you would fall for something in there. I completely just think that this was a foolish mistake. It almost feels uncharacteristic for Carrie to make such uh, <laughs> an elementary you, mistake. Then I, you I, don't I, know Carrie. No, I do. She fell for Brody. That was completely How different. Is, that uh, was uh, emotional. Yeah, a tra- no, a tra- exactly. If anything, that's immature, Carrie. I, a trained CIA agent fell for a potential terrorist? That's insane. That's different because they were doing... She was essentially trying to get him to be attracted to her, to sleep with her and whatnot. <laughs> that, that's different. That's like a long game play. This was just like everyone knows better than to download something from a shady website. I don't even fault her for going to that website to try to find information. But literally, to download something that you have no idea who sent it to you, where it's from, you know you're in a shady website, and you're just going to download it that, that like that. And she knows that she has, like, very secretive information on her laptop. It just, I don't oh, know. I felt like that was kind of almost a little bit weak writing. I don't, oh, you're being way too harsh on the realities of what actually happens. Again, this it happened in this last this election. Isn't, this isn't like, you know, um, someone's grandmother who just barely learned how to use the internet. It happened in the real election. Not, <laughs> they opened to a, a CIA agent? I don't think so. Okay, I feel like okay. she is trained and knows better. By the she way, a CIA actually, agent that got fired. No, yeah. but not because of anything bad she did. Yeah, because was, she's oh, incompetent. She's not incompetent. That's why she got fired. That is not why she got fired. Okay. She was at one point like a security manager for like huge companies. Yeah. Like it just it I didn't get that. I felt like that was not necessarily well executed. And maybe it'll come down to it's because her meds don't work right now and she's not of right mind. <laughs> but that just felt very weird. Okay, um, okay. Obviously, me and Roger disagree. Please tell us what you guys think in the comments. I mean, do you think, I mean, did it make sense for Carrie to make such a stupid mistake like that <laughs> that ended up costing her? Oh, I mean. I, I think you're underestimating how many mistakes she's done throughout Homeland. Not but, like that. I know. They've been worst. It leads to actual terrorist acts. Like, it's insane how much stock you're putting in this little mistake, which really, in the end, will just harm her. She's actually done errors that could harm the country. Name one. Um, well, Brody's one of them. She fell for her own asset. She fell she for her. She actually stopped him from committing a terrorist attack. Okay. So, what was the mistake? She brought an asset aboard that was a potential danger. Aboard what? Aboard the CIA. 
She had a massive asset. Yeah, and he ended up helping. Uh, okay. She she's I can't remember the exact details, I, and I hope someone she, on, no, on the chat. She really hasn't made a mis- like a little mistake that is actually like could easily been not done with just some foresight. I no, not like that. Okay. I think if ever she makes a mistake, it's because there were clearly like a lot of gray areas or just stuff you really can't predict. But something like that, come on. Um, but let's move on. Um, so essentially, she has. Um, you know, ransomware on her computer, uh, demanding for her initially. I think it was like two thousand. It got up to like five thousand, and ten thousand, and twenty thousand dollars. It went up to twenty thousand. Um, Max couldn't help her, uh, which also, again, it just felt like it was so weird. You see these, you've seen what extent and what capabilities Carrie and Max have been able to do over the seasons, and they're being brought down by just this random, you know, guy online. Um, and then the turn that the storyline took was surprising. Yeah, I mean, again, we've seen it in other shows. A, a lot of these people that are just underground people, people that are interested, you know, sometimes they they still have capabilities, both from a technological standpoint, um, from a blackmail standpoint. And yeah, I think Max is very capable. The fact that he was impressed by what was done to her, that's scary. It, it was scary. So at some point... Carrie realizes she can't pay and she has dangerous stuff on her computer. Um, and so, and, and she mentioned several times that she doesn't have money at all. She's completely broke, apparently. That's why she's living with her sister. Um, and so she sort of starts playing the hacker guy. Yeah, I mean, we get to see topless Carrie. <laughs> um, we see her back. Yeah, but we see her back. I, I was, I don't know that the whole scene. I mean, obviously, it's supposed to be uncomfortable, but it was so weird, and I, I just was like thinking the whole time, Carrie, like you know, look what you got yourself into. Uh, yeah, again, I don't think it's as bad as you're making it seem. I feel like she, she knew how to, she was able to finally meet the guy um, under her terms. She kicked some ass, and she handled it. That is true. She is able to handle it. Um, the whole time she's kind of doing her little mini seduction of this guy, um, it actually did felt very reminiscent of season one Homeland when she's trying to flirt with Brody. I feel like we haven't seen <laughs> Carrie be like flirty seductress Carrie. Carrie. Obviously, she knows what to do, and she kind of plays him, like you said. And then when she finally does meet him, even though... The situation was kind of scary at first. You know, when she gets close, she does. She kicks his butt. I mean, she is a trained agent. Again, this is what she's supposed to be doing, not letting someone, some random oak get the best of her, but sort of, you know, <laughs> laying down the law. But, like, again, why are you even in this situation, Carrie? I just, I felt that was frustrating. Also, I did notice, and um, I don't know if you realize, the guy who ended up being the hacker guy is yeah. the same actor who plays Aaron's boyfriend on The Walking Dead. Really? Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Did not... Uh, the creeperness factor kind of... I mean, he was in the dark. You don't see him very well, but I looked it up afterwards. So, um... And, and, so, and, and he died in that show. I mean, spoilers. I mean... I mean, if by this point... That's like a season behind. No, it's no. not. All right. Sorry, you guys. We didn't say his name. Hopefully, we didn't spoil anything No, for well, you guys. I'm, what I'm saying is he, he meets his demise in both episodes. Well, that's not true. He didn't... We didn't see him die... We see him get beat up. He's severely left battered <laughs> on the floor. Battered. Um, but she threatens him. She says, I know you. I have your fingerprints. I have your video. Don't mess with me. I still think this situation is going to come back and kick Carrie in the butt I later. I think she'll be fine. Okay, we'll see. We will see. Um, 
But moving on from Carrie, uh, another big storyline this episode was O'Keefe. And so, obviously, he is, he's someone who talks a lot, but especially this episode made it very evident that he doesn't believe hardly anything of what he says. He knows he just has a fan base. He feeds them talking points. And again, I still don't know what quite his motivation is, but obviously this episode proves that he doesn't even believe any of the stuff he says, or most of it. It's attention. I mean, at the end of the day, you're a figure. You're famous. People know you. That's enticing. And that's what I said when when we first started the episode. I feel like they're going to pose a question to us as to what defines domestic terrorism. And I think that's a scary thought. Because, again, there's another question within that, which is, how far does the First Amendment go? At the end of the day, if you're, if you're someone that's spouting crazy conspiracy, if you're, if you're someone that's spouting anti-government rhetoric, I mean, it's still a free country. You should still be allowed to do so. But to what degree? And I think that's a scary thought in stuff like this. Um, so in the opening theme um, of the season's Homeland, uh, someone pointed out that one of the quotes that um, we hear is Saul saying something about information warfare. And I feel like that is a great way to sort of describe a lot of the issues. I mean, right now, even in the country, but let, that are happening in the episode, there's so much different facts going on, alternative facts, fake news. But then there's like, hopefully... Some people can try to find, like, unbiased, just, like, objective information, but that's often hard. I do think that's a great term. It's gaslighting. You're gaslighting the country. And, you know, just like the allegations against Russia in the current climate, I feel like that's exactly what's happening in this episode with people like O'Keefe. They're trying to muddle the waters with their own beliefs, and I still find it fascinating that people just believe random opinion commentators. You know, if I tell you guys something on the air, why would you believe that over government officials that have been trained for years. Um, I think there's a general mistrust sometimes. I know, but then sometimes, you know, like even nowadays, you know, like the White House will say something and it's not, you know, No, but the point, but the the, the reason the current administration isn't trusted is because of their own, again, once you have a reputation, there's no reason, again, if you have trained agents, if you have trained uh, government officials, if you have people that have been doing this their whole lives and they've never lied... It's it's kind of, to me. I find it fascinating how easily people sometimes don't want to trust just a, a, a figure of authority. I, I I find it fascinating. I I I don't know if I fully agree um, because I example of um, the general who essentially led the uh, attempt, the assassination attempt against O'Keefe. Again, that was someone who was in office his whole life yeah. and still tried to overthrow a presidential elect. Yeah. I mean, obviously... And I would take him seriously. That's my point. Someone like him is not O'Keefe. That's what I'm saying. You're right. At the end of the day, if you if you disagree or agree, but with people in top positions, I get it. It happens. But if you're disagreeing, if you're siding with someone that is simply a political commentator, I just find that... I, I don't want to disparage that because sometimes they have valid points, but Why? That's what I find fascinating. You're right. If the general is disagreeing with her and you thought the general was completely wrong and you saw some sexism in him, again, that's valid. But it's still a general. Like, you could still make the argument that, you know, you believe him because he's been, uh, he's had a power of authority for a long time. Why would you believe a randomo? That's what I don't get. You know, people sometimes listen to, um, Uh, a radio commentator or they have a show or they have a figure that they've listened to for years and they've sort of built that trust. That's That happens sometimes. (laughs) But I think the point is that right now, 
um, in real life and in the show. There's so much information out there. And it's not hard to see that a lot of people don't know what to trust or what to believe. No, but that's not... Sorry. Sorry. It's information. There's a lot of information. But there's a difference between a lot of information and just not truth. And I think that's where the gaslighting comes in. And and that's where a lot of the administration currently at the moment... In, in the real White House. Well, let's not get too much issues. into the No, but that's situation. my point. They have a, a reputation because of that. Because they've tried to not say the truth at times. When O'Keefe is on the air, he he's alleging that the president murdered uh, McClinton. Yeah. You can't just throw that out. Like, you're, like where do you get these facts? Like, it, that to me is where the questioning comes in in people's confidence and trust in a randomo that comes from nowhere you're assuming that the president killed this person because a randomo told you on the radio i don't know that that's what i find if not if not fascinating odd i guess i feel like the episode you know showed o'keefe she had a meeting with a couple of her top staff officials and they bring it up that it looks suspicious and then later when she has a meeting with the senator he also brings up the fact that it is concerning that he died so soon after you know he was um sentenced and even o'keefe said herself like yeah you know no one's gonna i mean it's kind of hard to believe that he would just die of, you know, a heart attack or whatever they said it was so quickly. So I understand the mistrust I in the what the situation yes. around there is. And because of the situation and O'Keefe, re- uh, re- or not O'Keefe, Keen realizes that things around her look suspicious is part of the reason why she decides to release the 200 people and bring Saul aboard to sort of help clean her figure a little, um, clean her um, image. And eventually they tell Saul, we need you to go after O'Keefe and find him because they're still struggling. And, and again, that's where it comes back to my earlier point. I don't know. I mean, Saul obviously feels uncomfortable. What are you going after? You're going after a citizen who's spouting crazy stuff. Is, is that appropriate? They, they said they considered him a domestic terrorist. I know. I know. And to a degree, I agree. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't fault someone for not agreeing with that. Also, can I just say, I love that Saul isn't... I said it in the last episode. Saul in that position of, like, second in command. Perfect. It's beautiful. I, that's the way Homeland should be. I, I agree. And I feel like Keen really does need someone like Saul. Because I feel yeah, like he, yeah. he really is level-headed. Um, I think he even knows that going after O'Keefe is kind of, I don't know, maybe a little fruitless. Um, but... If anyone's going to do it, it's good for Saul to do it because he's going to handle it, right? And he's not going to, yeah. you know, make some terrible error that will land her into a worse situation. Um, I think at some point um, in the first scene with O'Keefe and her, um, and um, her chief of staff, and she she's telling him all of these things. And I just wanted to be like, she shouldn't be listening to this person on the radio. Like, this is the president and she's listening to uh, a right winger on like no but that's and it's my, consuming her thoughts but, like, but that's my point when when a large majority of the country is starting to fall for randomos that yeah, are but you said that already no but that's my <laughs> point how can you not ask the president to even know this the president should know this if if the majority of the of the voting electorate is, is listening to we this we don't know that though we don't know that 
Well, we see some of it when he stays in that. Yeah, in that. we do. We see that um, there are groups of people who follow him loyally, but he later describes them as the outside fringe. I think we, I, I'm, I'm safe to, be, I think I'm safe to assume that it's not the majority of the country that's listening. She still got elected, right? So I think it's just a small group of people, and she can't do her job well if she's constantly listening to this extremist in her head and. That's part of the issue. Like, she should just ignore him and move on. You're never going to have people. No, some people are never going to come aboard. If you're going to be the president, you know, there's always going to be people who hate you. And people who hate you a lot and say horrible things about you. She can't let that consume her. Not consume you. It feels like she is. I think she's appropriate at the moment. She She just went through the whole thing where she arrested 200 employees. I think she's still in that delicate stage where she doesn't know what she should trust. You know, her own administration, for all intents and purposes, attacked her. So if if there's a, a, a fringe group out there, I don't know if we ever got the vote numbers, the vote tally. I don't know by what margin she won. I don't remember. Um, but if you have a, a crazy group out there like O'Keefe, who's out there spouting uh, conspiracy theories or hateful rhetoric against the government, I think you... Once it reaches a certain level... I don't blame you for being consumed by it because it's going to matter whether you want to be consumed by it or not. I get why she's paranoid. I think she needs to stop listening to O'Keefe. Like, you have a country to run. You have a million other things to oh, do. Of course, of course. She doesn't need to be listening but to But not him. listening to it doesn't mean that it's going to stop. So she, It's never going to stop. That's why she shouldn't listen to it. It's just like, oh, you know, when point. you have celebrities and they're always going to get trolls sending them mean messages on Twitter. You can't, like, feed into that. I don't know. I've seen Chrissy Teigen put down trolls sometimes. She's hilarious, though. At work sometimes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of the outside fringe, so in this episode, O'Keefe it continues to evade um, people searching him because he has loyal families, loyal listeners who give him safe harbor. Um, and so he stays with the family in this episode episode, but I feel like quickly um, we see that he really doesn't have that much in common with them, and he doesn't fit in with them. Um, They take him out shooting, and they even have um, Keen's picture as target practice, and then... Which, again, domestic terrorism. (laughs) um, That's that's creepy. uh, It is creepy. Um, And when he tries to shoot it, he quickly shows how not trained with a gun he is. He gets hit by the kickback, right? Yeah. And, like, hurts himself, falls to the floor. So I liked the... I, I love the scene because he's, like, in the middle of talking about the Second Amendment ride and how it's, like, you he's know... He's a wannabe tough guy. But it, but then it just... It's all a facade. And, and that that scene sort of epitomized that. Um, and then later, when he's talking to his producer slash girlfriend or whatever, she still wants to go home and he's trying to convince her to stay. And that's when he's like, you know, you can't leave me here with these crazies. That's where all of his true feelings come out, essentially. Um, <laughs> the son of the guy who's letting him stay there kind of overhears it and he kind of goes and sort of try to make them feel better. Like, oh, I don't really mean it. Oh, she's just a terrible girlfriend and I'm doing whatever to say. But it all of it is disingenuous, obviously. But see, again, it comes back to my point of I don't know why people would trust a randomo. You know, it, it makes no sense. This guy has no nothing that actually relates to the community that he portrays to be real America. It's all a facade, like you said. It is a facade. So the, the only purpose is attention. And it's sad... Um, it's sad that someone like him could manipulate so many people into just believing him because as much, I mean, as much as we might want to ignore him, as much as we might think it's stupid, they're still going to believe him. 
and it's scary. Like, those people still exist. And for one reason or another, they do not trust authority figures or certain government officials. I mean, we see this in real life. You know, there are... Or women in charge. (laughs) uh, There are devout listeners to people like Rush Limbaugh or Alex Jones, and they can say something really crazy and out there, but they have listeners who have been maybe, you know, hearing them on the radio for years and years and years, and... Maybe they just hit all the right talking points that they can relate to or they empathize with. Somehow they feel like they've been ignored and this person makes them feel like they are acknowledged and I think that's the they problem. buy into it. People want to feel. Politics isn't about feel. And if you're in politics for feeling, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. You should be in politics to better the country and actually do things that are realistic and positive for the country. If you're in it for feelings... I think that it's not only sad for the individual because you probably need something to make you feel better, but that's sad for the country. And I I would hope that people don't fall too much for someone like O'Keefe because that's... Well, here's the thing. Someone like O'Keefe isn't in politics. He's just a political commentator. That's politics. He's in politics. Like he's in the national, just but like Rush Limbaugh. These people actually, are in the national and, and I think dialogue. that's why he's the most dangerous because he doesn't. Ha- he's not in politics. He doesn't have to be held accountable for anything. Uh, that's fair. That's he true. He literally can just say his opinion, and you know, he can say, "This is what I think," and "This is what I think." But he never has to act on anything. He never has to, you know, work towards a promise he delivered his constituents and then fail, and then you know, get criticized for it or get criticized for compromising yeah. on something. Yeah. He doesn't have to compromise. He could just talk. He can just talk and never, ever, um, like I said, be held accountable for it. And that's why people still, you know, he doesn't fail in them because he always just lets You're people right. say uh, her. He let he says what the people want to hear. That's another that's a very valid point. And I think they highlight it really well in this episode. It's always easy to scream from the sidelines. You know, when you're a politician, you know, we saw it in this last election. Anytime you see politicians go in or people that aren't politicians go in and they're coming in from the outside criticizing people that are in, it's easy because you haven't done it. You don't have any dirt on you. So someone that's in it, it's it's harder to explain because you, you have to go through... It's not so easy to explain politics to a, a group that just wants to hear talking points and feel and, and feel good stories. It's it's easy, you're right, for someone like O'Keefe to just come in and make you feel good. I don't know. I still find it sad. Uh, um, my thing is, I know you said you think O'Keefe's just doing it all for attention. Yeah. I don't believe that. I mean, right now, he's literally on the run. He doesn't have a home. <laughs> he doesn't like living with random people who he considers crazies or the fringe. I feel like there has to be someone bankrolling him. Like, someone who... I mean, we saw last season that he was, you know, part of the whole conspiracy with Dar. Yeah. And putting out propaganda. He had the whole, like, troll machine happening. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like he's not just doing it for attention. There's someone out there that is still actively trying... And it could even just be the opposite party, but um, someone actively trying to take down Keen, and he is still their mouthpiece. So... Um, Maybe we've already seen who it is. Maybe it's something else. That's a valid But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out more about that. Obviously, they're not taking care of him right now, but he has enough loyal supporters out there that he doesn't need them. But (laughs) because, I mean, he could essentially at some point land behind bars, right? And being detained. And there has to be a reason. It has to be more than just attention, I think. That's true. That's fair. 
Um, so, yeah, so at some point in this episode, Saul, you know, starts his investigation. Um, he ends up in the same town that O'Keefe was in last episode. I don't know if he's in, st- in the same town. Um, and he ends up talking to the guy in charge. Uh, well, he goes to the mattress store and ends up talking to the police, the police there. officer. Yeah. Because as we remember, the police essentially helped O'Keefe get away. And we already see, and we see that big truck, you know, it dashes through the crowd there and they're flipping off the police. Again, as much as the president might want to ignore it, as much as people, as a lot of us might think it's stupid, there's a lot of dumb people out there that will just go into, 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 what's, what's the word? Group mentality and just attack any government official or any persons of authority. Saul is here to do his job and making sure that someone on the run is held accountable. Why would the government go into why would the town go into total freak mode? I mean, mode? obviously, this town is super supportive of O'Keefe. <laughs> I mean, that one guy had a tattoo of him. Oh, that's true. That's um, true. The police officers are deliberately breaking the law. The law. By oh, this him. town is full. It's gone, man. This town uh, is gone. So, yeah, they're super angry to see the FBI. They're they're <laughs> this isn't they're not friends. Um, but I really the cognitive dissonance is just—it's insane. I really like how Saul handled the situation. He's like, you know, uncuff him. Let me just talk to him. Get him coffee. He's like—he treats him like a human. As much as you know, he might disagree with his actions or you know the fact that he won't—you know—he's obstructing the law. He talk, I, I feel like that's how you get people to talk to you. You know, you attract more bees with honey. <laughs> essentially then being antagonistic exactly what they think the FBI is anyway not on their side and he talks to him and he's like hey you know we're not going to stop going after him all you're doing is putting your town you know in more in danger, danger yeah. or in more under more strife like just tell me where he is tell me where O'Keefe is and I'm going to go talk to him I think it's a valid method and it worked I mean it seems it like he work. found out where he is and he's going to go by himself I think that's Saul's method I don't know if it's the only method, but I think it works for Saul. I think it's effective. I think it's no, the no, most of course effective it's effective. In this you could, like you said, what what was your quote? You could get more honey with more. Bees. You attract bees with honey. You attract bees with honey. You could also just capture the bees without honey. I, what I'm saying is, like you know, as much as Saul uses his method, at, at what point? I mean, you're you're saying we should treat him, we should treat them like humans. They're evading the law. They realistically, they should arrest this guy and put him in jail, and then. And then, yeah, leave him in jail. <laughs> but then he doesn't accomplish his mission. His mission is trying not to just arrest a random person, but to try to find O'Keefe. That is a valid point, and that's why I'm not in the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, random thoughts for the episode before we go into predictions. Um, for this episode? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it was... <sighs> I don't know what we're doing with Carrie. And until we figure out what we're doing with Carrie, I don't know where I'm at with the show. <laughs> okay. Um, I noticed that the um, the therapist or psychiatrist, whoever she was, Carrie was meeting with, is the same. Um, she's a lawyer from Mr. Robot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, where, where have I seen her? So this episode had a lot of cameos from a lot like of other her. fantastic like shows. Um, let's see what else. Uh we saw Dante briefly in this episode because she was trying to find out who the yeah, woman is before yeah. she delved into the dark internet. Um, and I feel like, again, I just really like Saul. I feel like he is so just intelligent in his actions. And 
every every um, like task he had this episode, I, feel, I just feel like he handled it very well. Like obviously we know the he's, press conference. He's yeah, not, no, he gets the job done. Yeah. He's not Keen's biggest fan, but yet he still handles himself. Like when the reporter was asking him, like you know, so you know now that you're out, do you feel like it was okay that you were detained? And he says, you know, it doesn't matter that I was in, but now that I'm out, like way to just divert and still say something positive without really answering her question. He's, a, he's such a pro. He is a pro. Oh, Manny Patinka, so good. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, and then how hilarious was it that, like, right right as Carrie is about to open the whole ransomware, Franny comes in. She's like, Mama, what are you doing? Or, I'm I don't tired know. of Franny. I've been tired of Franny since, like, I don't know when she was born. It was just hilarious that she interrupted right at that moment. I, I caught her like, red-handed no, with the laptop. No, but it's almost like, you know, she's trying to save her mom from making a dumb mistake. But, <laughs> I mean, it was too late anyway. Um... So, yeah. Um, overall, though, I feel like it was definitely not a boring episode. It was entertaining. Loved seeing Saul. Definitely. Carrie was frustrating, but, I mean, she ended up, you know, fixing it. So, she's all good. Unless it comes back later. Who knows? The guy's still alive. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, let's go into predictions. Predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV. <laughs> Feels very alien. You like that? I do. Okay, cool. <laughs> The Homeland... Uh, I've tried to connect it with Homeland. It didn't work. At some point, Homeland will go At some point, Homeland. <laughs> uh, predictions. Um, uh, I'm hoping Carrie finds her way. I actually think Saul will take care of business. And unfortunately, I think O'Keefe is going to have some success um, in gathering his people to the point of he might not even get arrested because it might disrupt the country. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um... It's not a big surprise that I disagree. <laughs> um, I actually think O'Keefe is going to get arrested at some point. Okay. He's going to get detained. And I think that it's going to rally his followers even stronger for him. Oh, so regardless, we get a stronger force yes, at the end of this. I yeah, feel like yeah. I, I, I could easily see. Um, and forgive us, we didn't get a chance to see the preview on the next episode of Homeland. So I don't know. Um, but I feel like at some point we're going to see a rally where they're going to say free O'Keefe. And he's going to thrive <laughs> off of that because he's going to be like a martyr behind bars. Um, I see that. Um, I feel like Carrie's mental health issue is definitely going to keep persisting. I yeah. feel like maybe she's going to keep making more mistakes and being a radical. And I do agree. I think Saul's going to handle business. Um, and, you know. I think both. They're very and valid predictions. Yeah. And anything he does. Very um, valid. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, please leave your comments and let us know what you thought about this episode. Um, Roger, where can they good people find you? Good people can find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral, or on Instagram at, if you type in Beef Supreme, you should find me on Instagram. Alright, and you guys can find me at Leslie Face on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and that is all. Thank you guys so much and have a great day. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 